Welcome to the Scottish Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host Chris, and here we delve into a multitude of strange occurrences that happen with us on and beyond. You can contact us with your accounts at the Scottish Paranormal Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all social media channels and you can contact us by either means. Right, hi everyone. Uh, this is Barbara Fisher, um, host uh, and presenter of Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. Also a, a very good budding artist, as I've seen uh, some of your, your, your work coming through Facebook when I see that. It's pretty good as well. Oh, thank um, you. Uh, so I find it really interesting when you get podcasters and vet investigators on as well. So it's hard for people in in, um, in any auspice to talk about the strange or the high strangeness or anything like that. I mean, but, but some people feel comfortable talking about it to others and um, out with that, podcasting about it or writing about it and all that. So it's, it's, it is a definite thing that we need more of because it's, it's people like, yourself putting it out there and putting your neck on the line and getting it out there that actually gets more people seeing the subject and and looking at the subject and and all that kind of stuff. So carry on in the work of people before us and going through there. So before we get into talking about your podcast, um what what was it, it, it that made that got you into the start off with? What was that? Was there any defining moments in your life or anything like that or any actual um accounts? Well, so it started when I was a kid. So I was always messed up, apparently, always seeing strange things and things that other people couldn't see or hear. And I kept it mostly quiet when I was when I was little. I, I realized pretty quickly that this is not something that you talk about often. Um, however, there are other people in my family who have experienced things and they were talked about, but only within the family. Yeah. And I, I come from a, a working class background with, um, you know, poverty also in the background. So, you know, we had television, we had books and we had conversation. That was our our entertainment yeah. really so when the family would get together when the extended family would get together the adults would sit and talk about things and there were points in time where if they had had enough beer or wine they would talk about their experiences and some of them were were quite frightening really mm -hmm. and some of them were were quite openly odd uh my dad had ufo experiences uh starting in the navy particularly mm -hmm. and then he worked outside of the city of charleston up on a hill so he was away from the city lights and he used to stargaze he had night shift and so on his breaks he'd go and have lunch or his cigarette breaks outside instead of inside and he'd stargaze and he'd notice things, you know, lights that didn't make sense that weren't in the flight path of our airport that didn't act like airplanes that didn't look, you know, he knew what a planet looked like and, and what the stars looked like and, and there would be anomalous lights and he, he'd experience that and he'd tell, tell us about it. Yeah. Um, my mother, her family, 
they had a really large farm in Mason County, which is the same county as Point Pleasant, which is where the Mothman flap of weirdness happened. Yeah. And in fact, the very first news story that I personally remember because I heard it over the radio and my mom burst into tears was the falling of the Silver Bridge. Yeah. And it wasn't until recently that I realized why she had burst into tears was because that's where their farm was. And her parents went back and forth over that bridge fairly frequently. I didn't remember that farm being in that county Mm -hmm. because I was so young. I was only about two and I was like, three when they sold it and moved over into Putnam County. So they never said the farm in Mason County. They always called it the big farm. And so I always just assumed the big farm was somewhere else in Putnam County. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, <laughs> I was wrong. And I, I found out about it a, about a year ago. And so I, I just started out with, with weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, and While it was talked about among the family, we were careful not to talk about it in front of other people. And I've experienced things that my father, I told him much later when I was in my 30s, and he was like, you know, if I ever saw that, I would never tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, when you have been to court and had your sanity questioned, Mm -hmm as part of a court case, you get over it. You survive that and you get over it Mm -hmm. and you decide, well, if they didn't throw me away, you know, throw me in the, in the room and lock, lock the door and throw away the key for that. Well, then I don't care. And that's, that's basically how it happened with me. I stopped really caring. Also lots of my experiences in my late twenties, early thirties, there were lots of people around and they saw it too. Mm -hmm. So that emboldened me to be like, well, y'all saw it. So I'm not completely bonkers. Yeah. And so I would talk about it. And then why I started a podcast was it was 2019. I have a friend who's British. Her name's Jacqueline. And I had told some of my stories online uh, written in various places, like in comments on Facebook, I'd, I'd tell a brief story. And she said, you know, you have so many things that have happened in so many stories. You should either write it all down or start a podcast. You should really start a podcast because I want to hear your accent. She, she's really into American accents. She wanted to hear it, especially since I was from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. because she's she's a big John Keel reader. So she wanted to know what a West Virginia accent sounded like. And I told her, you're going to be real disappointed because <laughs> I mostly don't have my native accent anymore. And she was, she was very sad. But uh, that gave me the idea. And then I had been reading Reddit that year. And it seemed like a lot more people were experiencing weird things that year. It seemed like there was a ramp up in UFO sightings, creature sightings, especially little people sightings. Um, and that was 2019? Yes, uh, 2019. Give me, give me two seconds. I'm going to throw this dog out because I can hear it in the background and it's totally <laughs> doing my head. And I'm just conscious it's going to be in the audio. So I'm like, right, I need to get her out. So give me two seconds. No, I understand completely. 
was, she gave me the sad eye, so I kept her in. So, but I now we need to actually throw her out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Dad! Don't make me. <laughs> Dad, no. Thanks for that. I was, uh, I gave her, I gave her, for the listeners, I gave her a nice piece of chicken. So I was being mean to her and putting her out with the sad eyes. So she's through there enjoying something nice to eat. So that's it. So, Tori, you were reading uh, Reddit in 2019. You know, what yes. exchange of currencies were, were happening? And lots of, lots of humanoid sightings that sounded like the good folk, the wee folk, yeah. whatever you want to call them. Don't use the F word. I try not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and one man in particular, I felt so bad for him. He was in North Carolina. He was excavating for a road. So he had a backhoe and he was operating it. And, you know, he swung around to dump a load of dirt. And on top of this pile of dirt he had created to ex- that for, through excavation, there was this little man standing. He had reddish brown skin he was dressed all in brown like natural colors and he said he had the most angry black glittering eyes and his face was just furious and it scared this man he had never ever ever had anything untoward happen to him he'd never seen anything never heard anything And he said the man looked at him and was just, just had this look like he was just enraged. And then he said, I blinked my eyes and he was gone. Mm -hmm. And now I think I'm crazy. And it's Reddit. So you get all of these answers. Well, it was a gnome. Clearly it was a this, it was a that. Truthfully, it sounded like the Yunwaitsindi which is a, a Cherokee little people uh, tribe. Mm-hmm. And it really did sound like one of those. And, and I basically, I, I finally private messaged him because he was getting all this stupid, you know, these weird yeah, yeah. answers. I could understand if you put yourself out it's, there on, on Reddit or Facebook or- Oh my God, Twitter, yeah. You just get a barrage yeah. I could imagine. I could totally imagine. And and it wasn't helping him any. You know, he was like, I've got to, I've got to delete this post. So I I just I messaged him before he could delete it. And I said, Look, here's the deal. He's probably mad at you because you you are excavating near his his home. I was like, so here's what you do. You need to give an offering, say you're sorry, explain that you didn't do it on purpose. Um and and this is what you should give as offering. I was like, because uh, people were telling him to give whiskey and all of this. And I'm like, no, if it's a Native American spirit, that's not cool. I was like, just give tobacco, see what happens. Um, if you want to, you can give tobacco and a little bit of meat or some milk. That'll cover if it's something else. And just say you're sorry. I said, because he was having dreams about this guy. He was just. He, he didn't tell his family. He didn't tell anybody. And I said, just do that. 
you're not crazy. I see these things a lot. It's okay. Don't be too afraid. Just try not to upset this little fella anymore, you know? And he was, he was like, oh my God, thank you. You're the only one who sounds sensible. Hmm. He was like, everybody else was like, you know, giving him just ridiculous advice. As you say, you get a barrage of crazy if you, if you're on Reddit. And I realized I felt really bad for people like him. And then I was reading more and more of people who had their first experience and they were scared to death. And then they'd get really either ridiculed or told they were crazy or people would just get even more outlandish, you know, and, and tell stories. Oh, well, I experienced this, you know, and it chased me and it was terrible and oh my God. And then my world exploded and my house caught fire and burned down, you know? So people are terrified. That's why I decided to do it. It was, it was Jacqueline who suggested it. I didn't even listen to podcasts. And then I was like, people need to hear the stories that other people experience without it being fearful, Mm -hmm. something to be terrified of. So I I feel like in a way I'm trying to embolden people to tell their truth without fear of being shamed or called crazy or ridiculed. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of stuff that's, that's out there. And even if you look, you, you probably know yourself when you, you've got family accounts or you've got your own accounts and you have your family accounts. And when you actually through a lifetime start writing them all down. I, it's, I, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> aye, it's a lot. And I, I was kind of the same in, in doing that. And I think... I kind of started that. I'm not good. I started it because mainly I wanted to find out more about the this area. But what started me was a, a, a kind of experience that happened to my parents in the house, and it ended, came full circle, and it ended up it was something like that story. It ended up like that story, um, where it was like something like that, and and it was, and I only had that realization this year about that. It was quite. It was, it was funny because the actual story in the house was about something else, but it ended up, I found more out about it and it ended up something like that. But when you actually write all these accounts down and, and you go through it, it's um, it's mad what you find. And that's kind of why I kind of looked at it as well for the fact that, you know you know yourself, there must be countless families out there be keeping these stories within families or with it to yourself or just within a close-knit brothers and sister or all that kind of stuff. And, then, and that's it. If it can do any justice, we're getting, as you say, Talking about it more, more people come out the woodwork. You you know yourself. You'll probably have people come on to your, yourself and your, your podcast, and they'll not want to relay their names. But at least mm-hmm. they sometimes feel like it's um, therapy for to actually talk about it and to relate oh, yeah. to somebody without being ridiculed or um, sneered at or, or anything like that. So it, it's a kind of it can be a vent in that sense as well. Definitely. I, th- I think it's true that that people just need to tell the stories. And <laughs> I went to my therapist before I started the, the podcast and said, all right, I'm going to come out. I'm going to come clean. This is what I experience fairly frequently. This is why my art looks like it does. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, and she asked questions. She's like, so do you see some of the spirits that you paint in your art? And I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, some of it is illustrative, some of it's imagination, um, but the colors come a lot from 
experiences with anomalous lights and flickers of color that seem to invade reality occasionally, our consensual reality. Mm-hmm. I said, so yeah, that's that's why my art looks like it does. And and she's I said, so am I crazy? This is, you know, I'm thinking of starting a podcast, but I don't want to, you know, do it if, if I'm having hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I don't think you're crazy. She said, you're completely functional. You have a very matter of fact way of looking at it. She said, I, I really don't think you're, you're crazy. So I have a really good therapist. And when I, she said, why do you want to start a podcast? So I, I went through the whole thing, told her about the man who saw the little man and, you know, all of that. And she said, you know, that's, that's basically, she said, you're basically being a therapist for people who have experienced anomalous things. She said, you know, it's like being a, a peer therapist or a peer counselor. Mm-hmm. She said that that's good. She said, because lots of people don't talk about these things for fear of being, you know, pointed at, laughed at, treated mm-hmm. badly. So that, you know, I, that's what I feel like is happening is that people become emboldened. And in fact, I've mostly had people who tell, who tell their real names because they've seen me tell my name mm-hmm. and, you know, every week and they're, they realize, you know, past a certain point, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And it's, and a, it's a fortunate, sorry, it's a fortunate sensibly as well. And, and, uh, it's, I suppose it's hard to, I say sensibly, you know what I mean? But anybody who's not in this subject can't really see it apart in that kind of light, but I push it in that kind of sense and try to do it justice and get the stories out there and just relaying them the way they are without um, basically the addition anything to them. I mean, I had a, a prime example was where I had a, a reporter talking to me about just relaying one of the stories that I'd, I'd recorded a wee while ago. And it was like just a, an online kind of um, story he was going to put online and he's not done it yet. I mean, but, and I said to him, well, as long as you put it in an in, in okay light, the, the worst, I'm sick and tired of seeing you get the old, the odd UFO story in the paper and you've got like the picture of somebody looking at the sky and a UFO in the background or, or something <laughs> like that, just some crap, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. just do the stories justice and, and, and that's it. But you, you're probably seeing, a bit more of them now, maybe getting a wee bit more justice with, with what's happening in terms of like disclosure and all that kind of stuff and and, and all that. We'll, we'll touch on that in a wee bit. But um, so I, I can I, I know. I mean, for the, what you subscribe to in, in terms of um, the phenomena and stuff. But like for the listeners, I mean, so when when we look at phenomena in a sense where you've got, let's say, for example, you've got the fae minding the f-word right but you've got like that you've got ufos aliens interdimensionals ultra terrestrials um cryptids magic occult supernatural all this type of stuff you know i mean do you think it's separate entities and no entities and talking about as in um, i'm talking about subjects or do you think it's all encompassing the same phenomena well see that's where i stand uh kind of in the middle I, I think that, and everybody's going to say, oh, you, you just want your cake and eating it too. You can't, you can't be doing that. It's got to be one or the other. But the thing is with, with the paranormal field, everything is liminal. Everything occurs in a weird 
liminal space, whether it's a weird liminal headspace, mm -hmm. meaning between places, between consciousness states, between times. You know, it, it often happens. When do you see the good folk? You see them at dusk or dawn most of the time or in the middle of the night right before it becomes morning mm -hmm. uh when do you when do you uh you know often people are in a car which is traveling between places and they see a giant hairy creature walk across the road mm -hmm. or or they look up and there's this weird light following them around and if it's not venus you know then something happened mm -hmm. and uh it's it's kind of both and neither. I think they are related. I think they are all related, but are they the same thing? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But they do all partake of many of the same characteristics. Much of it having to do with human consciousness. Mm -hmm. That is the one thing that they have absolutely in common is that a, a human or a group of humans experienced it. That's the thing that you, you know yourself for what you've, the stories that you've probably heard or experienced. And, and it's like these things go hand in hand. You'll have the same type of um, data collection, let's say, right? You maybe get, for, not exactly the same, but some of the same type of maybe data points, maybe you'd get for a Sasquatch case to a UFO case, to a ghost case, to a portuguese case, to mm -hmm. something else, you know what I mean? And it's and it's all, it's all kind of been related right through the times and stuff. I mean, and, and it's it's interesting with what's happening now. We um I, I don't know if you you follow much about it, but the the whole obviously um after the tic tac came out and it was a Casey Lula Zondo and the whole disclosure kind of movement and and all that and looking back at the whole kind of thing what they did it um not just skinwalker but like OSAP and ATIP and and looking at all that kind of stuff like looking at high strangeness. And then trying to relate now to, it's no just, it's coming for them, they understand it's, it's no just simple, it's like an ET or it's for wherever. They, they understand even at that level, it's, it's, it's totally something well, well different for, although there might be people who are in, in the know, they, I think they are, probably know, they maybe know a bit more than the average person if there's, if there's secret programs elsewhere. Um, even with the OSAP and all that kind of stuff. But um, it, it's interesting that it, when they were looking at all that kind of stuff as well with the high strangeness and how it, I mean, when you look at Keel's stuff, I mean, you could you could pick Keel's books out the now and they would be totally relevant to what's happening now. Absolutely. Most of these books are now. I mean, like anything, like the, the Mothman, like Disneyland of the Gods and stuff like that, you could read that and think it was actually for this age. I'm not saying mm -hmm. it, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was like it was decades ago. I mean, but in terms of like, what's happening with the disclosure and even what what's basically getting regurgitated. I mean, the stuff with the the multi multiple phenomena and on encompassing and and stuff like what you can see spectrally and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was Kiel was talking about that like like thirty years ago, forty years ago, or something. Yeah, and it's uh, it's I'm not saying it's getting regurgitated, but at least now it's getting a bit of validation. Because yes. they've got the sensory stuff there, they can see that, and they can see, and, and there's things that are picked up that other people you, you can't even see with your senses, but you can pick, for example, you can pick stuff up in, in the thermal or infrared or whatever, but your eyes can't see. And I mean, 
they were talking about that for for kind of years before. They had a lot of the kind of technology. Well, yeah. some of the technology was probably about then, but no is readily available. You can actually get like your Joe blogs off the street. You can just go and buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can actually buy some right good high tech material now. It's uh, that wasn't it, that you couldn't really get before. So yeah, I, it's it's interesting. What's what's your thoughts on the like the whole kind of disclosure thing? I don't know if you've got much if you have got any thoughts on it or whatever. Or do you follow it? Do you um, have any kind of I don't know. I I have I have thoughts. I have thoughts on just about everything. I'm always thinking. Um, the the thing about this disclosure and uh, Tom Delange and Louise Elizondo and a lot of the younger ufo twitter crowd the people who are like oh you know there's going to be disclosure and then there was a disclosure and they were like that's all they said and i was <laughs> like guys guys they said that there were unknown flying objects mm-hmm. that might be a danger to national security do you not understand how important and unprecedented that is. And it's like none of these kids, I say kids, it sounds uppity, but I am in my 50s. So a lot of these kids have never read all the stuff that came before. So they have no idea that that is an amazing revelation from the government. To have a government bo- governmental body say that in major in the major news press, is like wow just wow and and you know people are not satisfied with it it's like well that's it well that's a lot that's it a is. lot you have you have uh pilots coming forward navy pilots people that put their their jobs on the line because pilots particularly are uh, their mental health is checked and rechecked and looked at and, you know, drug use is checked for and everything because, you know, those planes are expensive and you don't want somebody who's going to, you know, just dive it right into the ocean and, and do something crazy with it, flying it. So these are people who have every reason not to come forward. And yet they came forward anyway. So I, I have I have thoughts about that. I have thoughts of the first off, go back and read the stuff from the 1950s through the 70s. Mm-hmm. Then you might have a little bit of a an understanding of why that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And two, no one person or one uh, investigator investigation body of investigation is going to crack the story or crack the ufo code or explain everything because it won't it just will not nobody has the answers to everything anywhere it's the answers are probably in multiple places and they're not even really answers they are pieces to a puzzle and there are people who have been trying to gather those pieces and put them together and it hasn't worked. It's been going on for 60 years and it just hasn't worked. So that's my feeling about it. There is disclosure. It was good. People didn't like it because it wasn't what they wanted, but 
to expect what they seem to have expected to have the aliens, quote unquote, land on the White House lawn, say we're here, and the U.S. government's known about it for umpty umpty blah 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 many years, and the X Files was all true, and, <laughs> and it's a worldwide conspiracy. That's not going to happen. But there have been multiple smaller disclosures. There have been really impressive ones. Uh, back in the late 90s, early aughts, there was uh, the the pilots and the um, men who were at Rendlesham and a bunch of other uh, people from all over the world coming together, sharing what they had experienced with UFOs around nuclear sites around the world. There were people from yeah. China, people from Russia, people from the United States, people from India, people from the UK, France, they all had had sightings that occurred around uh, nuclear missile silos or uh, nuclear power plants. And often there had been what they called uh, uh, equipment malfunctions mm -hmm. or equipment had been affected in some way by these whatever they were that were hovering over their facilities that are supposedly secret. That was, that was disclosed that the media yeah. came, everybody was there, but it didn't get out to the general public and, but it's not hard to find, you know? So some of the UF, younger UFO people need to kind of go backwards, look at what's been disclosed and realize that we've had disclosures over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And it's never been the one big one that everybody seems to want, which is, you know, aliens going, take me to your leader. Even if that, like, that's just the type of that analogy as well, where like the, the, the cliche landing in the White House lawn, even if that happened tomorrow, <laughs> half the world wouldn't believe that because they'd just be like, no. oh, it's, a, it's some kind of Western ploy and this and that. And that is it. They wouldn't believe it. So, for yep. everybody, if this if this isn't a process, right? Because it is a process, and it's like as you say, it's been happening for years. But uh, these are just the new guys that are fronting it. It's coming out new, and obviously they're, they're, they're coming out with um, a good bit of the process. But you can find, you can see how hard it is for actually for they even try and relay this. They probably didn't understand how hard it was going to be for like coming out, and like this is like the this generation for doing it right because the fact that as I said there, if you had a UFO landing in the White House lawn, half the world wouldn't believe it anyway. Half the country, oh, no. half the US probably wouldn't believe it. And then mm -hmm. it was like, so to, to get everybody instantly subscribed to this would need to be something absolutely monumentally happen. And you, you, you probably know yourself, because if you're trying to even explain this process, like the disclosure, not even, I wouldn't say disclosure process, but the whole kind of um, phenomenal process within, which is maybe, Something that's coming up within the government, but obviously stretching back to the time we're talking about. And um, if you're trying to explain that to somebody who actually does believe in the phenomena, or believe in UFOs or whatever else, but doesn't know that, and you're trying to explain that process to them, you, you've probably done it yourself. I've done it, and it's and it's quite hard because you're you're trying to say right, you need to watch this, you need to watch that, you need to read this, you need to read that, you need to go back and look at this, and. And then you maybe paint the picture, but you can't just instantly just let somebody watch one video on YouTube and that's it. They'll believe everything because they need to look up for yep. everything that you and I've looked at over the years. You know what I mean? Umpteen books, loads of, and it's like 
I'm not saying all the all that stuff's true, but it lets you form an idea in your head and a, and a better picture of the whole process. And then you can actually see, I the they've done this because of this. He's done that because of that. It's mm-hmm. instigated because of this and all that kind of stuff. And it's a uh, and it's hard enough trying to actually tell somebody who's willing to actually look at it and believe that process, right? Imagine what it's like trying to tell somebody who doesn't want to believe or isn't interested. Yeah. I mean, most people are, in, are they'd rather look at TikTok and, and stuff yeah. like that. You get people in that bandwagon who are just no interested and think it's just a lot of baloney. And then you'll get people who would rather know no because they've got fear. They'd rather, they, they wouldn't believe. My wife's in that camp. She actually believes in stuff, but she doesn't want to know. She just doesn't want to know. Yeah. She'd rather not know. And um, and that's it. She just the kind of thing she said to me is like, just don't bring it home with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like all that kind of stuff. So you can imagine how monumental a task it is to actually try and disclose this. Because you look at the now, if I kind of had drawn the same analogy with that film that came out recently, Don't Look Up. Um, if you've, I don't know if you've seen that film, Don't Look Up, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio with the, the meteor strike and all that kind of right. stuff. Right. So the, the kind of premise at the start of the story, they've got all this information, they know it's going to hit Earth, and they go to the, the president and that, and they don't want to tell people information. They're more interested about party politics and the crap that's happening. It's a kind of like half comedy. And um, and that's exactly what you could imagine. Like, they've got this monumental information, and they're, they're going on the news telling them that like the earth's going to be destroyed by this asteroid and they're having some five minute slot and then they're laughing about drinking coffee after it and they're just like do you not understand this and it's like they're just mm-hmm. like banging their heads against a brick wall and I can imagine that's the same type of process what's happening now because like you're getting obviously you're getting maybe mere um record I mean it's not probably tabloids you remember getting more like um better like information places like New York Times and that coming out with stuff and maybe getting CNN and 60 Minutes and all that which is good um, but it's just trying to keep that momentum going you know what I mean because if I know a lot of like for example going back to like Lula Zondo and people like that they are, they are getting slots on these kind of shows but quite a lot of their stuff is like it's it's within the in this paranormal field so they're just circling the stuff feeding people who want to see this stuff you know I mean right. like ourselves and, and whatever else it's and you're maybe getting, it's eating into a wee bit of the public domain coming into it, but all that needs to push through a lot more for any type of disclosure to actually harm. Or, as I said, something extremely monumental. <laughs> I mean, like, for whatever that would be, will yeah. happen. That's why people would, like, wholly will, will basically subscribe to it. Anyway, that's my kind of rant over on that. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it makes sense. I mean, if if aliens landed on the White House lawn, we have such Hollywood has such good special effects. It could be faked. Yeah, it could be faked. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know about the the special uh, group of of men that worked for the U.S. Army during World War II, but they they faked entire battalions. Mm-hmm. No, I can remember physical, that. Yeah, that was like uh, physical special inflatable, effects, inflatable tanks, and yes, like that. inflatable yeah. tanks. They they made up radio transmissions they uh, the the mi5 had a body of a german spy that they put fake documents on information and, all that kind of stuff. on yeah. and floated him over to, across the channel mm-hmm. you know all of that stuff that's that's without computer technology yeah <laughs> i know totally and it it worked 
it compl- I mean, Normandy, the Normandy invasion wouldn't have worked nearly as well as it did mm-hmm. if the Germans hadn't pushed a lot of their uh, resources towards these fake battalions mm-hmm. farther up the coast. Yeah, totally. It, totally. It wouldn't have worked. So that's what people did without a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. Imagine what they can do with technology, which is why. You and I are both saying, even if they landed, nobody would really, mm-hmm. you know. And again, that's part of that that liminal thing. It's like people say seeing is believing, but it would only work with the people who were on the White House lawn at that moment. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't yeah. work for yeah. people who videotaped it. I've seen my most commonly experienced paranormal thing has been anomalous light phenomena mm-hmm. and most of it is small orbs of light and these aren't orbs that i took a picture and they showed up no i'm, I'm seeing them with my there's no dust you know, it's not a duster or water vapor yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i these are i'm seeing them with my physical eyes my real eyes um it's not crap on my glasses um and I never tried to photograph them because I always felt like if I photograph them, some jackass is going to say, yeah. well, that's just a water vapor or blah, 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 on your camera. Um, but I, I actually did one, one, well, it was two nights this spring. I couldn't sleep and I, I was watching these weird lights up the hill from my house in the woods. They weren't up in the sky far away. These were in the woods doing their thing, Mm -hmm. bouncing around. And I was watching things that looked for all the world, like people that glowed doing something in the woods, moving around and I'm watching them and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm really glad I'm in the house and I'm not out there Mm -hmm. because I don't know what all that is. And I I just don't know. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to hold my phone up with the camera on and see if I can still see it through the camera. Mm -hmm. Because my feeling was if it was a hallucination, although I was pretty sure it wasn't because my cat was watching them too. Yeah. It wouldn't appear on the camera. Now that, that is probably faulty logic, but you know, so I started doing this thing where I'd look, and then look through the camera and then look and it was it was still there and i was like i'm not going to show this picture to anybody because it's not going to prove anything but and i took a couple of pictures mm-hmm. and they do appear on digital media mm-hmm. which made me stop and wonder because that tells me that there are actual photons involved that can mm-hmm. interact with the lens of a camera mm-hmm. and can create a picture because for years I thought it was some sort of interaction with the mind that tricked the eye mm-hmm. that there was something there, but it wasn't in, in a physical way, even though I could be with a group of people and we all saw it except for my husband who never saw anything except one, two times. He's just special that way. Uh, <laughs> He was mad about it too. Um, I just figured it was something more. It had to do with the brain and mm-hmm. perception and consciousness. 
but then here it is. I've got these, these pictures. Now, what do you do with those? I've watched people take videos of these little moving points of light and put them online. And people are like, well, that doesn't prove anything. Yeah. What is that? You know, that could be some dude with a laser pointer or, you know, and they can come up with 15 different ways that yeah, can totally. be yeah. done. But what's interesting for me is, and I've heard this from other people who have photographed the lights, the little anomalous bouncy lights in the woods, is they look different to your eye than they do when you snap a picture of them. Hmm. The colors are different and the shapes are somewhat different. So there is something, A, there's actual photons that are actually there being light, being particles and waves and doing the things that light, do, light does. But there's something that the brain also is involved with in processing that information that hmm. the camera doesn't process. It doesn't get all of the color. It doesn't get all of the movement and the shape. Um, and my daughter Morgana took a photograph earlier than that, the, the year before that, that late summer, before mm -hmm. that spring. She took a photograph of a pair of red lights that were about 100 feet up in the air above her. Mm -hmm. And they showed up on, on film. They showed up red. That was interesting. But when I played with the photograph and, and blew it up and looked at it, they weren't spherical as they had appeared to her. Mm -hmm. They were, one of them was kind of kidney bean shaped and the other one was kind of just blobby, you know, kind of like a, an amoeba. Mm -hmm. So there is something that is different about them, but have I put these pictures out there? No. Mm -hmm. And, and I get really irritated with people who are like, well, why don't you take a picture of that? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> because I'm going to take a picture of it, show it to you. And you're going to go, well, that's just somebody with a laser pointer. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you see as well, even if you've got a picture of a disc or, or whatever else, it's just, it's just a picture. And, and it's a, and people could easily, it's, maybe some people believe it. Some people won't. And if they don't know you as a person or what you're like, you know, I mean, it's it's you're not going to be able to convince everybody about anyway, but that kind of evidence. So the best thing you can do is, at the very very minimum, is just basically, at least you've got a bit of um, knowledge of your own. Know what I mean, that you know, mm -hmm. it's the case anyway. Like I don't, I was, I don't believe in UFOs. Know what I mean, I, I, or or the phenomena or whatever else. I just know it's there. It's not a case of belief or anything. It's like I don't believe that glass is there. You know what I mean? I know it's there. I mean, it's like there's that. There's too much. There's too much evidence there. And for anything, it's been. It's just been. I don't know. It's funny. It's the whole kind of mixture of him and religion and stuff is, is over the years, like we gone back years and years ago, but trying to um, put a cover on because, like, it was a case. It was maybe no good to look at it or because of the fact that it was maybe deemed demonic or 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 something else in that regard right. i mean so going right back in the days gone by and uh, it's probably it's probably spurred for then that people don't talk about it and then it's went on for other than that but it's a uh, it's a mad one now with all this coming out and um certainly as new where you're seeing and it's like i subscribe to the the, the idea that there is there's probably see probably like yourself like sitting on the fence you subscribe to the I, I subscribe to the fact that there's there's um 
multiple different phenomena in on mix if they come from the same place or whatever or at least have the same kind of signatures but you may be out with that you maybe have some kind of interdimensional thing or some extraterrestrial thing or whatever else that probably knows that's there but mm-hmm. does they interact with it or, or whatever else but but it's just it's mad in a sense where you get all this thing you get all of this all together toys with people sometimes shows people sometimes like the whole kind of kill thing he kind of fed up with it and oh was, yeah by by yeah. disneyland of the gods he was yeah it was just you've read it he was angry <laughs> yeah it was just it just fed up with toying with him and stuff like that and and that's the thing that's that's leading to one of the questions that i'll talk about in a wee, a wee minute but you've you've got all that kind of a mixy or that kind of stuff and it's like can where do you go with it and and sometimes it maybe leads some i mean sometimes it might know and then it's like to do the question i was going to can i ask you have you ever felt about you ever felt about withdrawing fear withdrawing fear well looking into the abyss because the abyss stares, uh, it stares back at you and in a sense now i mean the same what happened to kill so is there anything that's ever made you feel like regardless of the people like who the, the believers or non-believers not that kind of stuff but personally is there anything that's maybe it's made you think you want to withdraw fear um and stop yeah. what you're doing yeah that was actually that was one of the things one of my friends said before I started the the podcast. He was like, "Are you sure you want to do that? You already have weird stuff happening every day." And it's not like I see UFOs every day. It's not big things. Hmm. It's little weird things like a stone showing up inside of my house that had not been there when I walked past 5 minutes before and then I walk back and there it is in the middle of the floor. That, you know, that's not a huge thing. I didn't see it fall from the ceiling. It didn't make a big noise. It wasn't hot when I picked it up. But it did appear through no discernible physical means. So, and it's it's an interesting stone that has a, an interesting shape to it. And it's, I don't know, it, it, it's, I think it's possibly... A Native American artifact of some sort that showed up in my house, just boom, right there. Um, I've, you know, small things that just happen, things disappearing and reappearing in stupid places that I did not put them and nobody in the house has put them, things moving about that shouldn't be moving. I have one figurine that a local artist made. It's always moving on the shelf. Literally, I don't see it move, but I can see the path because I don't dust really well. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a horrible housekeeper, so I don't dust, So, it, but it leaves a path in the dust. And I have interrogated my husband and 15-year-old repeatedly. You are not moving this thing just to mess with me, right? You're not moving it around. And they're like, no. And And for a while, I was like, Maybe it's my husband because he he can he can be a trickster. It's probably him. The kid was clearly he's a terrible liar. The kid is, and I was like clearly he's he's freaked out a little bit by it. So it's not him. But you know, I I seriously sat my husband down. I'm like I'm gonna go Lysistrata on you if you are doing this. I'm not gonna put up with. Are you messing with my head? And he he really did. He was like no. 
I truly would not do that. I would not make you think you're crazy. That's gaslighting. That's not a, that's not a joke. That's mean. And I wouldn't do it. So this little booger moves around and it will go from the back of the shelf to the front over a period of days. Mm-hmm. Why? One thing. One, one thing, the cats can't even get up on that shelf. And besides, they'd knock it over. They wouldn't just push it. You know, that's not cat behavior. Where I'm, I'm going to push it a little bit today <laughs> and then I'm going to come back tomorrow and do it and do it again. No, they just push something over and break it. That's their yeah, job. Break it. Oh, that's a cat's job. Uh. <laughs> that's exactly what they do. So I already have these things. My friend said, do you really want to put yourself out there? That's like waving a red flag in front of a bull. You're basically saying, come get me, mm-hmm. come bug me. And I said, you know what? It's never caused me direct harm. It has scared me. And sometimes I think it's done that on purpose because I think some of what goes on is an exchange of energy between humans and the phenomena that Mm. has to do with our emotions. And I think they feed from it. Yeah. I believe Uh, that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they're a little bit parasitic. And where you get the idea, the idea of demons is some of them are really parasitic and nasty mm-hmm. and will drain a, a, a human really too far. Um, but some of them just, you know, ah, I need lunch. I'm going to scare this person. And then, boom, they do it. But anyway, I digress. Um, it hasn't really caused me harm. Yes, it has caused me harm in human terms in dealing with people because people have been like, wow, she's flaky, you know, or, oh, well, she's insane and shouldn't be raising children clearly because she's insane. But none of that actually stuck. It never actually caused truly massive harm. So why not? Mm -hmm. Somebody has to talk about this stuff and I don't mind doing it anymore. I I'm old enough that I, in a way, don't really care what people think of me. So, you know, I'm not doing this for money or fame or infamy. I mean, infamy I might get, but I'm certainly not going to get money and fame out of this. No, being a podcaster, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just, no, I'm not Whitley Strieber. I'm not going to get cash out of this. It's just Mm. not going to happen. It's, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's interesting though, just be, going back to Keo, obviously, because like probably a good few points where he kind of thought about withdrawing for it. Um, could probably imagine, you know what I mean, what kind of he went through and stuff. But it's that as well, and I mean, it's it's interesting with some of the kind of recent stuff. When you, I mean, I'd say recent, but it was done a wee while ago. When you're talking about more things like the OSAP stuff and and what they did at Skinwalker, and and it wasn't just Skinwalker; it was other stuff as well. But um, you've got that kind of stuff going on there, right? And then you have other stuff like, for example, where you've got Stephen Greer with the CE five and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, uh, so basically meditating and trying to draw UFOs. And he's really the first person to do that. You know what I mean? Um, there's been people doing that well before him and stuff. But um, you had all the contactees and that and like the 50s, the 50s. and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and all that movement, you know what I mean? But it's almost like when you when you look at that and as well as like you get like ritualistic magic, which mm-hmm. is almost kind of the same conjuring type thing. 
know what I mean? And I and I there's a total parallel there between the two. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's one of the things that the like, the like some of the guys who worked in OSAP and stuff had said as well. Like doing that type of thing, be careful what you wish for, or or be careful for what you're looking for, because mm-hmm. it might not be the thing that you you think it is. Yeah, and um, and Absolutely. that I find that quite interesting for maybe some of the stuff that maybe it's nobody really that they know, and um, but you've got that and another thing as well when you've always seen as well when you've got that the whole multi phenomena thing and you've got ritualistic why am I not able to say this now it's still coming out ritualistic <laughs> magic, um, which is almost kind of like hacking it, it's kind of mm-hmm. like hacking the ether, it's kind of like if you can imagine a program and mm-hmm. doing whatever you do in some different types of magic is almost like hacking it or and that's how you can react with it and stuff and, and things like that know that i'm into that but that's the kind of way i can see it when you look at it in a sense where it's like a, a program or something or even i was talking to um who was it monday um nathan paul isaac for the penny royale and on monday there and i was we we're kind of talking about the feedback loop the cybernetics and stuff mm-hmm. and and i said it's almost like uh it's almost like a multiverse algorithm. So if you're looking for something and it's, it'll throw something back at you. And although you get the feedback loop type thing and all that, I mean, what she was talking about with cybernetics and, and a second order cybernetics, but the whole thing where um, it's almost like, I said to him, it's almost like if you're, um, well, we've well, well, talked about it before, where maybe your, your phone's listening to you and then you start getting adverts on Google for stuff, you know what I mean? Because you've maybe mentioned that you were going hill walking and you start seeing you start seeing like adverts for hill walking, but you're like, I've even typed that in anywhere. Why is that? So it's kind of like something like that. It's almost sometimes like if you go looking for it, it'll start throwing things at you. Or and that's the thing as well, which is gonna lead into another question. Have you ever have you ever um listened to a story or been involved in a story or, or, or investigation type thing? Um where it's led you in a certain route and you'll have like synchronicities from that and even more so and it's just kind of like something that's like a validation that actually that's right you know what i mean and it's like things like that as you go down you, had, you ever had anything like that that you can remember offhand of i have been having a lot of synchronicities since starting the podcast and talking with various investigators experiencers and and other podcasters that has has definitely happened weird things that will connect us without us knowing yeah and and then i'm like oh that's that's weird you know um i was shocked because you know i decided hey i'm gonna do this podcast well i should listen to podcasts uh yeah before i start one because i don't know what they do you know so I started listening to various paranormal podcasts and I was completely and utterly shocked to find out that there were lots of people who saw the little lights in the woods mm-hmm. um, when I started listening to Strange Familiars. And, you know, Tim sees them often when he's out and he's out in the woods a lot mm-hmm. and his, his uh, research partner, Chad, sees them and they have taken people to various places where they see them. And they have guests on who have seen them. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's not just here in Athens. It's out there in other places. Oh, it was so cool. So, you know, I contacted Tim and it turned out that we had a lot of very parallel experiences Mm -hmm. without knowing it. 
yeah without knowing each other at all um we have a few things in common we're reasonably close in age um we're, we both grew up in appalachia we both live in appalachia we both like the woods um and we've both been involved in the neo-pagan movement in america at about the same time and somehow it's a fairly small group of people somehow we just missed each other we just sort of mm -hmm. we never did meet back in the 1990s when we were both involved so i was like well that's still weird you know it's like we're, we're weird cousins that we didn't know that we had um so i've had things like that happen i've had um i've had prescient dreams with other people you know that made sense to other people that didn't make sense to me and i you mm. know offhandedly tell somebody and they'd say oh well this happened to me and it's very like that and i said oh well okay i call that the the psychic friends network that sometimes yeah. after i've interacted with people enough they get on the network and sometimes i'll find out information about them and or they'll find out information about me that makes sense and we'll go back and forth um have i had it on an investigation you know i'm weird i don't really investigate per se i just walk into situations and things happen or they don't mm -hmm. i don't for one re one reason i don't carry the fancy equipment is because i have this ability to destroy um electronic equipment fairly easily mm -hmm. um i don't wear a watch i've destroyed watches just by wearing them um uh computers they they get they get fried fairly easily so i'm i'm really 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 careful um so i figure you know handheld electromagnetic meters and things I probably would either mess with it or mess it up so i i don't even bother with that i just go into places and experience what's there and I'm not a, I'm not even a psychic. I can't even say I go in and I get these impressions from the area and the spirits come and talk to me because they don't even necessarily do that. Yeah. You know, I might get a weird feeling. I might get a headache from something that's fairly common. Um, I might see something time might go a little wonky, but I don't really, you know, go in with the idea of, investigating mm -hmm. now i'd love to go you know i'd love to ride shotgun with investigators because you know i am fascinated with the little little you know mechanical doobly things they have and mm -hmm. their little equipment and all the things that they can do with it that fascinates me but you know the best i've done is taken pictures of weird lights in the woods and then mm -hmm. showing it to like three people <laughs> yeah um, it's getting meaning just on a sense where it's like just getting the wee hints that you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. I mean, as I was meaning, Ken, it was like that. I wasn't really, because I don't really go and investigate either and stuff. I mean, like, I'll do a wee bit. I mean, but I mean, nothing. I'll listen to stories and mm -hmm. have conversations. I'll listen to stories, have conversations. But there was one thing that kind of stuck in my head just at the start when I kind of started doing the podcast. And I was, I'll just tell you a short story. It was really writing down all the just stuff that happened over the years and nothing. It's, 
quite a lot of the stuff I'd rationalised. But when you start writing it down, it's like, you know, that's nuts. Like, I actually got, I got followed. I got, if you maybe heard the story, you heard the story, but I got followed for about two and a half to three minutes with a, a small red orb. Like, it was like a, a red LED, size of a red LED. Mm-hmm. And I originally thought it was a dog, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a dog. There was no dog there, right? But it was at night. I was just out running. So anyway, there was one where it was going back. Um, I was looking at my experiences, and one was, it was 20-odd um, years ago where I encountered the, like the Ausfat. I was just running again. I was in this forest. I'd never run in before. It was just it's in the next day, one of the adjacent towns is in the hills. And uh, I came across this bit where it was just like, it was like going back to being a child again and having the fear of something, some area. It was like that. It was like feeling an area where it's, it's been, it's got some stain on it. That's mm-hmm. no way I could actually, and I, I'm no, I'm no psychic or nothing like that or pretending to be psychic or anything like that at all. It was just, I was just out for a daily run. And I came across this barrier where I kind of thought, like, I shouldn't go into that wood. It just felt really, really odd. And it was the, the strangest feeling. This is before I even read any kill stuff and before I looked at anything to do with the Oz factor and, or anything like that. And it was just a, the, the total feeling of dread, the fear, and mm-hmm. don't go any further, right? So I cut my run short. I went home. I was only about early 20s at the time, told the wife. And then uh, I kind of I left it. I forgot about it. And I wrote it down when I was reminding some of the stuff, I just added it in there and didn't think it was going to be that part. But I kind of, at that point, I kind of knew that then, I kind of knew that type of feeling is related to kind of strangeness. Mm-hmm. Or when you're younger, you actually get more part to kind of probably sensing this stuff. When you get older, you lose it. And that's what it felt like, though. It was like going back to being like under 10 or like nine-year-old or something mm-hmm. like that, just feeling weird. That's what it was exactly like. So in the very, very first podcast I'd done, I was recording a story for a guy um, who had seen this you know, creature type thing. It was like almost like a kind of light. If you can imagine like a Bigfoot type thing, but it was like a a, a silvery light kind of colour, right? He said it looked like a, mm-hmm. a negative. You look at an old negative a picture. <laughs> that's what it looked like. And it ran and he was in his car. So it's cut a long story short. Anyway, I went to meet him on site and to record the story so he could show me where it was. It was 50 metres from where that thing happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> And so it was watching you. It was just mad. I mean, that, and the, the guy relayed something else to me, that the guy relayed something else to me. It was like, I was like, I was kind of like a wee wink just saying, again, this is here. And the guy relayed another story to me, like he said, so he told me a lot of other stuff, but only edited it for that story. And he said, stuff happened when I stayed in this part of the town. It skirts this hill, right? And I forgot about it, right? But unbeknown to Kenny Ham, I, I was gone through it and I remembered, and I went back to him, I said, where exactly did you stay? And he told me where he stayed. And when I was when about like 18, 17, 18, 19, when at that age, I stayed, I moved a few towns over, I stayed with my friend. And that's when my sleep paralysis started, right? I, I had mm-hmm. sleep paralysis for about two years long, right? And it started in that house. I could remember the first time it happened and I could remember the, the last time it happened, right? And it went, it was about, I used to get about every two weeks. And the guy said to me as well, it was his experience that as a child in a certain street, right? So I said, I went for, kind of go back to him on the phone and said, where was it? He told me. It was the same street a few doors mm-hmm. down. I said, that's just nuts. And there's loads of other stuff. I mean, I'm digressing into stuff about my own, but I mean, the, the kind of thing with it is it was like, the story, what I'm kind of relaying here is like, it's just almost like, the synchronicities for that is like, you're either on the right path or it's just giving you a nod or something. I mean, but it went back to one case where I'd, I'd relayed a, a story. I went and heard the story. Cut a long story short, somebody else after I relayed that story came back by another UFO type story. 
And then it was, I found it was somebody could tell me more about what happened in my own house because they were friends with my mum, who's deceased now. And they stayed across the road from where I stayed. And then they relayed a story, the one that I knew, but then it went on to there was an actual a creature type thing, like they talked about earlier on. It was just absolutely, so it's like, and this thing totally actually um, pathed the rest of my life because after that event, I moved house and all that. It was just nuts. And I mean, but it was like, it was kind of a bit of validation. It was going full circle when it was just coming back again. So it was like, yeah, absolutely nuts. Yeah. I mean, so sorry I digressed there a bit. No, no, I think that's that's great. And now that I think about it, you know, when I decided to do the podcast, before I did the podcast, you know, we we did a lot of preparation for it. We did, you know, um, logo art and a website, and you know, we had started recording, but we hadn't started putting episodes up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, we had to, my husband had to do uh, music and, and all this stuff. So we, we were, we were doing all these preparations and uh, Tim had me on strange familiars before I actually put out a podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I talked with him and then before, also before I was on strange familiars, I was approached by Brent Rains because he had he had been looking at John Keel's uh, anomaly newsletter mm-hmm. which now you can get in a book form somebody collected all of them and and put it into a book and he was talking about Keel studying anomalous lightning mm-hmm. that there were people who had weird experiences with lightning and then went on to have other strange experiences. It was one of the, one of the little things that he had discovered about experiencers that was often a commonality that there was something weird about lightning. Mm -hmm. And I said, Oh, well, yeah, I I've had a couple of really strange experiences with lightning or with electricity and I, I basically can destroy computers and <laughs> watches and things like that. I, and he, so he had me on his show and he, he um, interviewed me. And, you know, we were talking about all of these weird things that I had had happen in the 90s and, you know, was talking about, the, you know, just the weird lights that I saw and the glowing people and all of these things, you know. And he said, you know, I just interviewed a lady who is really interesting. She lived right across the river from Pomeroy, Ohio. And I had just found out that that was the first place my dad's family had settled when they came from Germany, Mm -hmm. like two generations back. And he said, you know, she lived right there in West Virginia on the other side. And she was around when the Mothman things were happening and she was a Mothman witness. That's never really been interviewed except by me and a couple of other people, Mm -hmm. but you really should talk with her. She's really interesting. And I really think the two of you are going to, to hit it off. So she was one of my first interviews. In fact, I think she was my first interview with somebody who wasn't one of the hosts Mm -hmm. of our, of our show. And it was really, really interesting because there were commonalities. She's 
I'm almost 15 years older than me exactly, but there were a lot of commonalities in our experiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, later, after we did the interview, um, a few weeks later, uh, one of my my dad's sisters died, and we were really close. And this lady contacted me on Facebook, and she said, I have someone who wants to talk with you who's talking to me. Her name is Judy. Does that make sense? And then she sat there and she was talking about Judy is now with um, someone she calls um, Buster and she's also with Robert and on and on and all of these people that was one of one of my uncles he instead of being called papa grandpa or whatever his granddaughters called him buster i don't know why weird (laughs) weird kids i don't know um and robert was uh one of her best friends and they're both dead and you know and she just was telling me all of these things she had no way to know i never talked about them on facebook you know because i'm sitting here going okay she's looked on facebook and then i realized no i didn't talk about aunt judy's best friends robert and sheila i never did and she didn't talk about them on facebook either and i never said what aunt judy's last name was and you know she she and i certainly never talked about my uncle Mm -hmm. under the name that his grandchildren call him because i always thought that was weird so what's happening and that was one of those weird little sort of synchronicities it's like yeah you're you're doing it right and one of the things that aunt judy had wanted to say to me was keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah, good <laughs> and it was just i was like okay <laughs> and i told my husband who is very not very skeptical but skeptical-ish mm-hmm. I like to say ish he knows things happen because he's been around me when they've happened he believes me doesn't think i'm crazy um but the information that came from my my guest that day i told him all of that and he just he just he his eyes got really big and he was like she was talking to your aunt judy mm-hmm. he said she absolutely was talking to your aunt judy Mad. Mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. and yeah and i generally you know i've been around people who are mediums who aren't really mediums so yeah, i'm yeah. kind of yeah skeptical so you know it wasn't a case of i'm just gonna throw stuff out there and see what sticks she yeah. was right on from the beginning yeah. So. yeah yeah no it's mad i mean it is you just get these these things that can kind of come through and uh no it definitely is i mean i only talked about earlier on about obviously do, do you 2019 you thought got a lot you'll see a lot of stuff on reddit and that do you think these things come through in cycles Mm-hmm. I absolutely think so. I've in my life, I have gone years where it's just little bits, little bits and pieces, little mm-hmm. dribs and drabs of things. 2019, my daughter Morgana, who's on the podcast with me, and myself, and a lot of our friends and family all felt like things were ramping up, which is why I started reading Reddit more regularly. And I, you know, I was like, Morgana, honey, 
is Reddit like getting weirder? And and she was like, oh yeah, mom. Cause she, she's been reading Reddit for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh yeah. Pe- more people seem to be seeing things for the first time and, and stuff like that. And uh, it, our friends were having more experiences again, but for like a good five, six years before that, it was, it was pretty quiet, mm-hmm. you know? So it does come it seems to come in cycles that that as well and that the whole kind of analogy where if you do if you think if you do look at that you it tends to generate more as well yeah. if you're actually looking for it or thinking mm-hmm. about it more and all that kind of stuff um it's funny though because you know you probably know yourself when you're not thinking about it and it's like it, things can happen and stuff and, and all that. I've not, I've not had like, I've not had loads and loads of different experiences, but maybe through lifetime. And you actually, as I said, when you kind of jot them down, there's like a lot of kind of strange things like that. Oh, that was odd. I would always, like anybody else, you'd always try and rationalize stuff. Mm-hmm. And you think, yeah, you really can't rationalize that. And you kind of rationalize that. And you kind of rationalize that. And it's, you kind of come to the conclusion that oh, there is like definitely something odd going on. But that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, um, I think for myself, sometimes, I'm not withdrawn for it, but you can you can make you think a lot because mm-hmm. especially the now as well where there's I'd say obviously go back to the same as like stuff kind of coming out and it's like it's a bit more kind of validation. Um, although it's going to take a lot for more people to kind of believe all this kind of stuff and and sign up to it. It's um, for what you've probably researched and myself as well, looking into stuff and and and, and reading stuff, you'll probably have a lot more validation to actually like, now nah, there's a lot to this and there's a mm-hmm. lot happening to this and it's it's convincing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's it. And I mean it's like uh, I'm I'm quite the opposite for you talking about electronics and stuff. I'm a um what's called an electrosensitive. So I get um I can feel all the stuff. So like um like in my house, I need hardline everything. I can't use Wi-Fi. I can't use like I use a phone in that, but very, very limited. So like, I can feel electromagnetic fields. So they give me sore heads and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of like the opposite. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not destroying the the computers and that they'll destroy me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's part of why what actually happens because I can get a headache if I go into a room that has a lot of mm-hmm. A conduit on the walls with with big you know wires lots of stuff like it yep. makes me feel icky yeah i had um, that for years and uh, there was like loads of stuff with it man byproducts as well it's like things like the hum and all that yeah. and, uh, tinnitus the hum and, and things like that and i've managed to actually just i, I, I can work it now uh, and stuff i'm actually sitting now i've got you in a monitor but i usually use a projector because even like sitting in front of a tv and stuff as well it's it's a uh, it's, it's no, it's, it's no brilliant. I mean, but it's, I can withstand it for like periods of time and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I mean, it's, it's mad though. Um, aye, so as well, so in the area you are, um, obviously, going back to like John Keel days, Mothman prophecies, all that kind of stuff. Window areas. Would you say the window areas? Do you think they move, or do you think that actually there's that kind of goes with cycles of time and, and your kind of ideas? What you kind of, what do you think of that? You know, I would say that I say that I think that sometimes window areas open somewhere where they haven't been before mm-hmm. and stuff happens. And then sometimes they close and nothing happens ever again. But there are places that they seem to open 
stay open, stay open, then they close and they're not much happens and then they open again in the same place. Mm-hmm. Part of that is because I've lived in places that have things that happen over and over and over in them for years and I've watched the cycle happen. Mm-hmm. But I've also I've known people who have lived places where I just moved to this place and nothing was yeah there was nothing weird it was fine and then you know stuff started happening and the neighbors were like hey this has never happened before maybe you brought it with you mm-hmm. which of course made me wonder <laughs> do we sometimes draw it to us and then it sort of opens out wider and other people experience strange things like if you and i have weird electromagnetic fields mm-hmm. do we sometimes mess with the electromagnetic field of the earth in that one spot and maybe thin it out a little bit just enough for something to come in and and wreak havoc with people so it's, it's even been kind of stated in it's in some fields the phenomena can almost be like a a pathogen or a or a, like a, a virus or something so it spreads to people mm-hmm. to people and and all that kind of stuff for areas and and all that kind of stuff, which is quite interesting. Um, and that, you know what I mean? So, which going back to the podcast, um, what are like some of the strangest stories you've heard on the podcast? Some of the ones that's probably maybe kept you up at night or just totally perplexing? Totally perplexing. Um, hmm. Well, the, the lady that was the the unknown Mothman witness mm-hmm. who didn't come forward at that time because her, her parents, she was like 14 or 15 and her parents were like, no, no, you're not. No, mm-hmm. we don't want to be looked at that way. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she, but she had weird experiences with lights, um, possible UFO lights. We don't know, but they were large orbs. And they, they, they followed her from where she was. And that's when she saw Mothman. And then there were lights that were around the river where her parents lived. She didn't know that was going on. She came home, she told them that, and they were like, ah, we had lights too. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that's disturbing because these are two member, uh, members of the same family, mm-hmm. two different places, not that far from each other. You know, it's not like she was a hundred miles away, but two different places experienced the same thing. And it wasn't the same exact lights, but they were, they looked the same. They Mm -hmm. acted the same. Uh, It it wasn't just that her parents were seeing it from a different angle. You know, it was, there was no way they could have been seeing what she was seeing, but they still saw it. Now, why is that? I didn't like that one. That one was was a little bit creepy and she also had a an experience with a lady in white who warned her not to play in this area of the yard because there was i don't remember how the lady put it mm-hmm. but it turned out that that they were their house had been built on an old coal mine shaft and there was a a point when that area of the yard caved in 
and so that she you know it was right there and then the river they lived very close to the river and then the river just basically eroded through mm-hmm. and you know large chunks of that got dumped into the ohio river which is a very big river and yeah a little kid that would have been it she'd have she'd have been killed by it mm-hmm. that was creepy you know, to me, that kind of um, prescience is, is creepy. And let's see. I'm trying to think. Recently, I talked with a man who saw a creature with his wife. They both saw it. Mm-hmm. They were driving in this general area of wisconsin that's called the driftless which has to do with um it wasn't scraped clean and and had uh dirt brought in by the ice age glaciers Mm -hmm. so there was no glacial drift that's why it's called driftless Mm -hmm. so it has a different topography than the rest of wisconsin and it also apparently has a different energy i've been coming across lots of stories from that area of weird things happening. Mm -hmm. So they were driving through there. There was a cornfield, Midwest United States. Of course there's a cornfield. And then there was a hill behind it. Woods at the top of the hill, the cornfield kind of went halfway up the hill and then it was too steep for a tractor to go up. So then it was a little bit of grass and then it was, big trees they saw a disturbance in the middle of the cornfield the corn shaking you know cornfields are creepy i don't i I don't know (laughs) i i i even before i read children of the children of the corn and the signs (laughs) yeah before i even saw those or read them Cornfields are creepy. I grew up with with my grandparents' farm, and you know, of course, corn is always taller than a little kid. Yeah. And there was always this. Once you got into the middle of it, it was like, okay, now which way is what? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, I, I already have you know issues with cornfields, and so they see this big disturbance happening in the corn, mm-hmm. and they stop the car. Their kids were asleep in the back. And they're watching and they see this four-legged, it was, it was quadrupedal. It was hairy. It was big. It was broad and big running, but it was duotoned. Like it, it had not stripes, not like a tiger. Mm -hmm. It was, its fur was not a consistent color and, and it was really bright really light in places and really dark in places Mm -hmm. and so he said it kind of was striped but not really and it ran through the cornfield up the hill and that's when they could really see it better and then it kind of went bipedal because it was going up the steep hill it breaks out into the the grassy area and the underbrush so they could see it better and then it dives into the into the woods and it's gone. What's what's creepy is they didn't see the same thing. Mm-hmm. So they get back, you know, they they start the car up because there's traffic behind them and, and they they're they're driving on. And he says to his wife, because he had seen a bear 
but he, he wondered at the weird color. And he said, what did, what, what do you think that was? And she said, Oh, it was Bigfoot. <laughs> and he was like, it's what? And she said, it was Bigfoot. And he was like, why do you say that? She's like, well, it looked like Bigfoot. And he said, well, how do you know what Bigfoot looks like? Everybody knows what Bigfoot looks like. That That's basically the conversation. And he said, but it was on all fours. It was a bear. And she said, no, it was not a bear. It wasn't always on all fours. Mm-hmm. And so each of the, but his wife isn't a believer in weird stuff. That's the other thing. And he was a person he, you know, when he wrote to me to be a guest, he was like, you know, I don't really think of myself as an experiencer. He said, but I've been listening to your podcast. And he said, and then I started, you know, looking back on things and I started writing it down and I realized there's a lot of little, there are a lot of things there over, you know, my life. And he said, I'm in my fifties. So maybe I am. And, you know, he's telling me this and before he even gets to Bigfoot the bear or the bear the Bigfoot or whatever it is mm-hmm. I had said to him you know he he got through to his daughter talking to the the dolphins in the uh heat vent in the house yeah I know right that creeped me out too because I'm like why are they dolphins yeah <laughs> um why is her her quote-unquote imaginary friend's multiple dolphins in the heat vent that she gives crazy that's creepy (laughs) yeah i'm like because i think sometimes things talk to kids and give them these weird shapes because yeah yeah, it's comforting to the kids Mm -hmm. i was like i don't like that and i finally just said to him you know that's awfully experiencing you're 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 sounding awfully like like an experiencer yeah i mean you may not call yourself that but you are but that that bigfoot the fact that they went back and forth with well, this is what I saw. Well, this is what I saw. Something it's, it reminded me of those lights that I saw that weren't exactly the same on camera as they were in my head. So there's something in each of their consciousnesses or their brains that, mm-hmm. that separated out what they saw differently. Yeah. And so it, it's perception, but it also kind of made me go, did he see it as a bear because that's less frightening Mm -hmm. and his wife, who's not a believer for whatever reason was very matter of fact, well, that's just Bigfoot. Everybody knows what Bigfoot looks like. (laughs) What's that? You know, Mm -hmm. it's mad. I mean, it's, it's going back to the, going back when we're talking about the window areas and Mm -hmm. it's a, I mean, obviously you've got like we talked about we've about um, Point Pleasant and the surrounding areas and stuff. When you had obviously um, the Mothman and with John Keel's work and earlier on and stuff, and a lot of different phenomena in that area for years. And you've got obviously places like well known like Skinwalker and all that. And I mean, but these places are everywhere mm-hmm. and they're everywhere. Sometimes in populated areas and all that. And there's places in the UK where I mean, it's it's the crazy stuff. It's the, the the multitude of different crazy stuff that you probably it's it's people have came across investigators in these areas. So there's I mean it's the same kind of stuff you'd get. You get nuts, nuts and bolts craft, light phenomena, cryptid type things, dogmen type things, alien type things. I mean it's and it's mm-hmm. all a mixture of stuff. And people were even recording stuff as well. And, and that there was one thing we're talking about where some people could see different things, what we're talking about there. And you get other things where they might not see it, but catch it on um, some type of technology. 
So they might, mm-hmm. they might catch it on an IR camera, but no see able to see it mm-hmm. and, and all that. It's just, it's nuts trying to tie it all together. It it's, really is. I, I remember not that long ago, I think it was about a year ago, I read about a, a hairy monster, big Bigfoot guy in London. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't have forests in London. I've actually been there. <laughs> You don't have big trees that these guys can find food in. <clears throat> he was walking along uh, an old railroad track, railroad track bed. And, you know, this kid saw him, not a little kid, you know, like a 20-year-old. Yeah. And, you know, nearly crapped his pants because what is that doing there? Mm-hmm. And then it disappeared in front of him. Because, you know, for a second as I'm reading, I'm like, ah, it was a dude in a costume, right? Yeah. Maybe he was a singing telegram gorilla guy, you know, and he's going to his next gig and he's going to sing to somebody in an office building and it's a joke. And, oh, he disappeared right in front of the kid. Well, that 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 tears it. <laughs> That's That just goes right out the window, huh? It is, it's it's things like that and a populated area like that. And obviously you get a populated area, but there's there's surrounding bits and about it. But I mean, there is cases like that in the UK, like right across the UK with with cryptids and stuff and and crazy stuff like that. I mean, I've never, I I never ever like before looked at any kind of cryptid stuff or anything. And no, because I didn't believe it. I just, it, it didn't really take my interest. And I, and I kind of thought, ah, possibly there's something, there's maybe something there, but I don't know enough about it. It's probably in the US and all that. But when you actually start digging in and looking what's there mm-hmm. and the amount of accounts, and that, when you actually like start looking at all the accounts right across the world and the the witnesses and stuff and what they come out with, I mean, there's either, as I've said this before, I mean, there's either like thousands and thousands of really good actors that just want to lie and tell a story or people are telling the <laughs> truth. No, yeah. I mean, and I think it's a lot because, like, you, you just the conviction of some of these people telling the stories and, and stuff. It's uh, well, it's 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 bonkers. You know what I mean, it, but it's it's there. And even going back in days gone by, here in the UK, you had things that they called it the Woodwoods and mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. And the Green Man, the Green Man can be affiliated to a lot of different stuff. Yeah, um, ah, it's just it's totally bonkers. You know what I mean, I'm not bonkers in a crazy sense. It's, it's just crazy, but it's just like to think about it. Um, it's it's. When people see things like this and they're upset by it, I, that's when I'm like, I believe this. Mm-hmm. You know, the the lady who saw Mothman, she still teared up, even though she was a teenager and now she's, you know, a grandmother. Mm-hmm. Just, it still bothered her. It still frightened her. Um, oh, there was one really creepy thing. Um, again, this was on a, a ghost uh ghost hunt mm-hmm. was a guest and she had never seen little anomalous lights floating about. So she went up into this attic in this insane asylum. I'm like, well, see, you just, you just walked into that now <laughs> that what do you, I mean, you're going to find something bad there. What do you think? Um, <laughs> and she laughed, you know, because I was teasing her, but still, yeah, you're going to find something there. And there was something going on in the attic and they had their IR and EM, but then they started seeing things very physically with their eyes. Mm-hmm. And she said, these balls of light, these blue balls of light. And I, she's like, I have never seen those. And they started bouncing around the room and they didn't give off. They weren't from a beam. Yeah. I said, oh yeah, 
yeah, that that's always great. The self-contained light that acts unlike physics says light acts. Yeah, mm. that's nice. Doesn't necessarily illuminate the mm. area. Just self self illuminating, but doesn't illuminate elsewhere apart from itself. <laughs> yeah, the, I love that that you know physics thing. It's like oh well, because your brain knows how light's supposed to act, mm. so you expect it to act like that, and then it doesn't, and then that triggers in your brain that oh oh no and so she had gotten that because she she had never seen that before and i i kind of chuckled and she said what and i said oh i see those a lot that that, to me that wouldn't frighten me but then she told me the part that would frighten me she said yeah but then we saw this humanoid creature that seemed to be made out of the same light as the lights Mm -hmm. except it, it was kind of just a little bluish it was mostly white and it got down, it was on all fours and it started crawling. And I said, okay, yeah, you're right. Check out. You did leave the room after that. Right. And she's <laughs> like, no, well, we stood there for a little bit. I'm like, nope, nope. That's leave. <laughs> that's the signal to get out. And so that was really, really creepy. I, anything that's crawling on all fours with weird elbows sticking out in places, the joints aren't right. No. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's bad. <laughs> totally. That's, that's terrible, and you should leave right then. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, um, what if you had anybody, like, for example, I know you, you, you don't really kind of get investigating that, but what advice would you give to anybody who are looking again into this subject? Any listeners out there who maybe want to look at it, try and gather, try to gather stories or try to investigate stuff? Have you got any advice for anybody who would look at that? It depends on what you're thinking of doing. If you're if you're going to look at at ghosts, I would suggest you look at the works of Paul Eno or Eno. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, but he he was once a a priest and uh, an exorcist, but he has really interesting theories about ghosts that they aren't necessarily always ghosts Mm -hmm. that they are more likely we're seeing into another realm Mm -hmm. and they are seeing into our realm yeah and are just as afraid of us as we are of them i can subscribe to that idea as well yeah 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 i think i think that is a fresh look at something i think a lot of ghost hunters are still very stuck in the spiritualist tradition mm-hmm. uh, that from the 19th century and and haven't really gotten out of that so i would suggest they look at that and um i can't remember the author but there's a book called the ghost theory which is really really enlightening and interesting and is more along the lines of what paul thinks mm-hmm. um if you're going to look at ufos read the works of jacques Vallée. Mm-hmm. Um, seriously, start with Passport to Magonia and read John Keel. Like, you definitely, know, start definitely with, read John Keel. Yeah. Yeah. Start <laughs> with start with Mothman because it tells kind of a story. Mm-hmm. It it's not just um theory, but my favorite of his books is still The Eighth Tower, which is the material that was taken out of the Mothman prophecies mm-hmm. by the publisher, who was like Nobody wants to hear your weird theories, John. Nobody wants to know. And I'm like, yeah, we do want to know. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's funny because I had read, I'd read the Eighth Tower and a lot of other 
these other books before I even read the Mothman. I, I bypassed the Mothman to start off with because I. Well, it sounds I, ridiculous. It does, I because <laughs> I'd seen the film and stuff, and I can't. And I, although the film's like nothing like the book and all that, I mean, a wee bit like the book. I mean, some bits, yeah. But I'd kind of went. I went to the. I think I actually read the Eighth Tower first, and mm-hmm. then went through all the other bits, and then went back, and I was like, "Why did I bloody miss that? What, what was I thinking?" <laughs> that mean when I missed the Mothman prophecies, I was just like, "God." Mad, yeah. but I've read a lot of other ones before that, but yeah, definitely has worked. And yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a believer in educating yourself before you go out messing with things. So mm-hmm. you know, look into those things, and then, as you say, uh, people who do ritual magic or uh, chaos magic, chaos magicians definitely are essentially hacking into something that then allows things to happen around them paranormal things to happen around them if you are going to go in that route don't do it in your house uh do it somewhere that you don't live i mean don't go to your friend's house and screw up screw so around the like- stuff there and, and leave it with them um you know if you're going to do ce5 don't do it where you live don't paste, do it. don't paste even grief for it. It's yeah. <laughs> As your wife said, don't bring it home. Don't bring it home with you. If you have kids, especially don't. Mm. That's, I've seen enough uh, stories of people who, I don't know what it is with some ritual magicians, but they just don't seem like the most careful of people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a uh, book called My Life with the Spirits by Lon Milo Duquette. He's one of the most famous ritual magicians in in America today. And he just, there were times I was reading it and I was just like, dude, you're, stop that. No, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? No, you have children in the house. Why? So, you know, he's invoking creatures and and, uh, 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 goetic demons in a house that has children in it. And, you know, he's, he's taking some, mind-altering substances in the basement of the house with all of these candles lit while his kids are asleep upstairs i'm like God. what are you doing oh. Stop it's that. like hacking hacking the matrix and then it's almost like hacking the matrix and catching a virus for it yeah and it's and it lingers that's yep. what i would probably get him put it into that mm-hmm. yeah that's bad don't do that mm-hmm that's one thing somebody was talking about the whole CE5 and that and potentially working on that as well. But I think one of the analogies I gave a while ago as well when somebody was talking about it, and I said, Well, put it this way, if the the in studying like gnosis and, and things like that, where astral traveling and stuff, before they do that, they always put like a protection um, mm-hmm. talk about protection and all that yeah. for your home and all that kind of stuff when you're astral yes. traveling and stuff like that, because of the fact that don't know what it's, what it's going to try and mess with you. <laughs> I mean, so exactly that's the kind of thing that people really need to kind of think about as well. Yep. Yeah. I was about to say, if you are going to do these things, mm-hmm. learn how to protect yourself, ward yourself. Um, that's actually the first thing anybody who does anything magical should do is to learn how to do that first to protect mm-hmm. yourself, your home, your family. I don't know how many people I've basically counseled, okay, you need to cleanse and bless your house and ward it really nicely. Here's how you do that. Mm -hmm. Here's how you ward yourself. You know, 
don't god basically what i think happens when you go out and you do ce5 or you invoke whatever it is you're invoking what you're doing is you're basically shooting a flare astrally over your head in the ether mm-hmm. it's like a, a road flare or you know for emergency purposes except this is an emergency it, it basically makes a column of light that you're in that says eat eats free eats here free lunch come yeah. get me mm-hmm. i'm right here and you don't want that to go home with you mm-hmm. so i find that quite interesting just on that conversation there i find it interesting when you got things like let's say for example ce5 or even apart from ce5 you get maybe abduction scenarios where people are be seeing beings in the room or whatever else but then what dispels them is maybe somebody praying or mm-hmm. and they go away and you wonder like what is that all about i mean that's you what know, you can wonder is like is, is, is there something more sinister there where uh, um that i don't know i mean it's you could just surmise about it all day and theorize on it and i mean but you do you get people who have experiences like that and then they'll maybe um for like Jesus' name and, and things like that and they'll dispel them, they'll go and you, you can even think to yourself, it's like is there a demonic side to some bits of this and, and is it just, or is it just a case of, I don't know because you've got fear or whatever you know what I mean, or there's just a multitude of different stuff that we don't know, you know I mean I'm, Exactly, and that's that's the other thing I'm always, I always tell beginners is if anybody tells you they know exactly what something is Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily trust them because <laughs> none of us know exactly. We have ideas. We have X amount of evidence that it could be that, but we don't know for sure. And anybody who says they know for sure is probably full of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly don't believe somebody who says everything's a demon or everything's an angel or everything's an angel or a demon because that really probably not true Mm. but it is interesting and you are absolutely correct that people have dispelled alien abduction by calling upon a higher power whether it's Mm. jesus i've actually heard of people who aren't even necessarily christian believers calling upon the name of christ and it and it works Mm. so does that mean that everything you know in the christian dualistic kind of thing is true see i don't know i've even heard it for um as well and the same type of scenario but um in a pagan scenario and calling on something to dispel it and it, and it worked as mm-hmm. well it was like things like that um but i it's totally interesting i mean it is Listen, brilliant to chat to you. And uh, I'd like to yeah. get you on again at some point. I mean, so it's been... Sure. It's been, have a good discussion and uh, obviously get some of your stories and talk about your podcast or anything. Um, so just for the listeners, I'll, I'll put it on the show notes anyway. Could you just tell your listeners where to find your podcast? Yeah, you can find it on Apple. You can still find it on Spotify. Um, and you can find it on Stitcher. Or you can go to sixdegreesofjohnkeel.com. That's our website. It's six like a numeral and then degrees of John Keel, all one word, dot com. Thanks very much, Barbara. You've been great. Thank and you. And hope to catch up with you soon. Thank Definitely. you. Definitely. Thanks. Thanks.